This week, we're giving you all the details about our computer setups, including our hardware preferences, browsers, desktop software, code editor, and CLI settings, as well as some productivity tools. We'll also tell you some of our miscellaneous preferences like most used emoji and current desktop photo. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Allie. And I'm Emma, and we're debugging the tech industry. Hey, Kelly, have you heard about this cool tool called AWS Amplify? Tell me about it. It's a suite of tools and services that enables developers to build full-stack serverless and cloud-based web and mobile apps. You get to use whichever framework or technology you want on the front end. That sounds cool. Will it help me get up and running with things like hosting? Yeah. Authentication? You betcha. Manage GraphQL? Totally. How about serverless functions, APIs, machine learning, chatbots, file storage? Yes to everything! Amplify is built especially in a way to enable traditionally front-end developers, like yourself, Kelly, to be successful because you can use your existing skill set to build real-world, full-stack apps that in the past would require deep knowledge around back-end, DevOps, and scalable infrastructure. The Amplify console also allows you to use a GitHub repository to deploy to a globally available CDN with CI and CD built-in. It's super cool. Where can I learn more? If you want to learn more about AWS Amplify, visit aws-amplify.github.io. Let's kick things off by talking about hardware, which I feel like I should know more about. Hardware is always one of those things that I wanted to learn and then never learned anything about. And so I'll see all these fancy ass words and I'm like, what are these? So let me tell you mine. And I'm going to preface this with the fact that I have no idea what any of this means except for this size. So for work, I use a, for work, I use a 2017 15-inch MacBook Pro 2.9 gigahertz Intel Core i7 processor. Like that makes it sound super freaking cool. And I'm over here like the only thing I took away from that was 15-inch. Uh, I envy people who understand what all this means and who actually build their own computers. But yeah, that ain't me. Um, my personal computer is – I built my own computer in like high school, but – it's been a very yeah. long time. Um, my personal computer is basically the same, except it's not. Um, I, <laughs> I, it's, I, I purchased a, a MacBook at the end of last year for side project work, uh, like this podcast, uh, which is great. Uh, it's a So I think it was a 2019, but I'm not sure. It had the fixed butterfly keyboard, so it wasn't as big of a pain in the ass as my work one. Um, but it's a 13-inch. It's smaller, so it's easier to travel with. And also, it's a lot cheaper, which is why I picked it. Um, but the, it, the the processor is much slower. So I'll notice it like, sounds like it's taking off like on an airplane. Like If I even open, I don't know, power, I would say PowerPoint, but I hate Slack. Yeah, Slack. Um, so that's only like a 1.4 gigahertz uh, i5 processor. But I, what the fun fact is, I have a German keyboard, but I've mapped the U.S. keyboard to it, so like it doesn't actually match up, which is fun. Um, it makes live coding so much fun. Uh, but then in terms of like accessories, uh, I at work would use like the Mac wireless keyboard and the Magic Mouse. Um, but I did actually purchase a Ducky Frozen Llama mechanical keyboard with the silent cherry red switches which i love but the problem with it is one there's no number pad and two it is a windows layout and using that with a german keyboard with an american mapping is very difficult so i don't use it as much as i should but love the keyboard i'm going to link it in the show notes if you want to check it out what about you kelly what is your hardware setup so i use the same machine for work and personal i have a 2019 15 inch macbook pro 2.6 gigahertz intel Core i7 processor. Um, I picked this one up, oh, I guess it was last year um, because my last one broke and Apple couldn't fix it. So they swapped it out for this one. It was a pretty good deal. Um, so all I had to do was pay for Apple Care uh, for the new one. Um, I use a Mac wireless keyboard and the Magic Trackpad. And at the office, I have a Rain Design M stand for the, for the Mac so I can keep it open. Um, at home, I just use the 12 self book arc, which keeps my Mac closed. And I'm just using the single uh, monitor. Um, my absolute favorite monitor is the Dell UltraSharp 27 inch USB C monitor. Um, I have one at home, I have one at the office. I love it because it also charges my Mac. So I keep my number of cables uh, to a minimum and it looks a lot cleaner on my desk. 
Uh, yeah, that's everything so that I cool. use. I did not know that it was a thing. I'm going to look into that after this call. Oh, yeah. I will absolutely add also, – I'll also add a link to this particular monitor in the show notes I'm because it's I, – I absolutely love it. I'm currently Googling your stands right now because I have a similar stand to your M stand, uh, but mine is like – it doesn't have the – the solid bottom where the computer sits on, it's open. It just like has two prongs that it sits on. We're going to link all this in the show notes. So if you guys want to go check it out or you girls want to go, ch- or you people want to go check it out, um, you can <laughs> check out our show notes. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely, I love this stand. Um, this was a uh, a gift from my husband for my birthday along with the the keyboard and trackpad because he said your desk or your, you know, your computer set up at, at your office is terrible for ergonomics, so I'm going to fix you. So it was a very practical gift, and I absolutely That's love it. That's amazing. I need to get a stand, too. I have an apartment for the first time in a year, and so I have a desk. <laughs> and I <laughs> – yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to definitely, like, invest in some of these things and making my – office more personalized but i have a 2017 macbook pro 15 inches well 2.8 gigahertz intel core i7 again have no idea what that means but i bought it from dev when i uh stopped working there and so my personal computer is my old work computer so that's kind of a fun thing that you can do and usually get like a discount there let's try to buy your uh, old work laptop um, as a personal computer. Uh, As for a work computer, I am currently fun employed for a week and a half in between two jobs. Blair Waldorf. Stop it. Get to yell at my dog with the wrong last name. Um, Yeah. So my work computer, again, I'm fun employed for a week and a half in between roles at work. So I don't currently have one, but as of next week, I'll have a brand new MacBook Pro of some sort. Um, I also have the MacBook wireless keyboard and the Magic Mouse. I love the wireless keyboard because I have one of the uh, computers with the awful keyboard and like the keys are popping off. So I need the wireless keyboard. It's super important. I have an Acer monitor that I got at uh, Amazon for like Black Friday for super, super cheap. But I love it. It's huge. I can link it in the show notes and try to find it. But this was years ago. Uh, let's also talk about our desk setups. Uh, Emma, I think, or Kelly is writing amazing things in our notes right now. (laughs) I have a lot of feelings about this. Uh, I feel like out of sheer embarrassment, we should definitely take like a, this is, woke up like this, like my desk looks horrible. I, so I have way too much crap because apparently I'm a hoarder. And that means that I do my makeup sitting at my desk because I'm lazy and I don't like to stand up while I do things. Um, So I have like all my makeup, all of my makeup palettes, all my hair products, (laughs) my makeup mirror, like all that stuff on my desk. And as well as like 12,000 coffee rings because I am a caffeine addict. So like basically my desk is just like a shelf (laughs) for all the miscellaneous crap I don't know what to do with. Uh, And then in in terms of chairs, I am not uh, as... I don't care about the quality of my chairs. <laughs> uh, I generally sit in like the fetal position whenever I'm in a chair. I'll like all curled up. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be a problem, but I just have like this weird ergonomics. Like, what are they? Circle chair from IKEA that I've spilled yogurt on. Guys, I think what I'm realizing is that I'm a dirty person, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> do this by nature. Like, when you have pets by nature, your workspace is going to be covered in cat hair uh, and coffee stains and yogurt. So that's where I'm at at the moment. I am so lucky. Um, Blair is shed-free, so I, like, literally shed more than she does. Um, And it's, like, the nicest thing ever, so no dog hair. Uh, For my setup, I have an IKEA sit-stand desk, so it has a little hand crank, and I can make it a standing desk or a sitting desk. Um, I got this random chair in the Target outside furniture section. It's very cute. It's, like, blue. I can post a picture of it. Um, Definitely not the most... uh, traditional desk chair but it's really cute and um my apartment's tiny so it has to double as like guest seating as well i also have an alex 5 drawer from ikea underneath for storage and then i also have a google home because what is privacy but uh, i use it 
<laughs> doesn't matter. I'm being spied on. It's okay. Um, but I have it because it is a really good alarm clock and I have it in not my bedroom so that I have to go up and, um, like I sleep with my phone in my living room instead of my bedroom too. So then all the alarms are going off in here and I have to get up in order to turn them all off. And so the Google home is a really good alarm clock, but it's also a really good speaker system, at least in my, like, no idea about audio experience. So I use it for that too. Awesome. I have an autonomous AI sit sit stand desk. I love this thing because you can program up to uh, four settings based on whether you're sitting or standing or (laughs) other people are using the desk. Um, Nobody else uses my desk though. So I'm currently only using two of them. Um, But yeah, it's really great. And I use the kin chair from autonomous Um, autonomous very kindly gifted me this chair as well. So I did not have to pay for a chair, which is great because I have a second desk in my office um, for you know an employee to use or whoever else. And that is an Ikea uh, sit-stand desk. And I'm still using one of the chairs that belongs to the co-working space and I just haven't given it back yet. Um, but I'll get around to that eventually. I have a mini fridge in my office. It has a freezer as well. It has the cutest little ice cube tray with like these miniature ice cubes. <laughs> I don't actually have ice cubes in there. It's just it's just the tray. Um, but that's really helpful. Um, I have LaCroix in my fridge and that's it. Um, and I have a box of oatmeal and everything else just just my my bookshelf in my office. But yeah, on my desk, I don't really have too much stuff. It's mainly my podcasting equipment. And obviously my work stuff and every like, so, so the setup for my office is like in my co-working space, as soon as you walk past the big meeting rooms, my office is first going down the hallway. So everybody's walking past and everybody's looking into my office and occasionally I'll have the door open. And for whatever reason, everyone immediately thinks that I'm not podcasting in here. I'm recording voiceovers in here. Like, that's a very specific thing, I would think. But <laughs> I think you have a very lucrative ASMR business. That'd be amazing. But that's, like, <laughs> the secret side of Tech Kelly ASMR. <laughs> Don't tell people. That's why, like, I could just see you going to the store and buying an absurd amount of, like, dry pasta. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just, like, recording myself, like, taking bites of food. Or, like, it. coding tutorials in ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> what about mukbang ASMR? Is that a thing? Probably. I bet there's... Mukbang is where you just like eat a ton of food. Oh, I'm really good and- at that. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a ladybug mukbang. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think so. On either. that note, let's talk about browsers. So I am very opinionated with my browser. Okay, well, not on purpose, okay? Because what happened was I don't know about the way y'all do your your bookmarking, but mine is like a chaotic hot mess. And so what happened was I bookmarked way too much shit in Chrome. And then I was like, I don't feel like cleaning this up. And so I was like, I'm going to download the newest version of Firefox and start fresh. And well, guess what? Firefox is now also full of crappy bookmarks. Um, And so I use Firefox for my day-to-day browsing purposes. But if I'm going to be developing anything, it's going to be in Chrome because I find the dev tools to be much more (laughs) affordable. That's not the right word. Uh, (laughs) Accessible? affordable chrome dev tools are more affordable um extensive but i do have a couple i'm wondering who you're paying Ah. for the other things (laughs) wait y'all don't pay for chrome (laughs) i get it free it's chrome gold that's what you get when you're a google developer expert it's free chrome Chrome gold (laughs) oh my god there's canary that's like chrome gold right exactly yeah i I was totally getting Um, there okay chrome is free (laughs) <laughs> in case y'all didn't realize damn it um <laughs> so i do have a couple of plugins and i know i'm stealing other people's but it is what it is i found this tool first so i claim it uh i think i found it first i could be making that up but anyway loom is a really cool tool you did not find it first <laughs> whatever no i definitely did because i had it well before we did our like sanity io demo that we recorded with loom I learned about it yeah, from you. I've been using Loom internally with the company for a while now. <laughs> I oh. built Loom, okay? <laughs> and yeah, it's a super- I came up with the idea before you built it. Whatever. Um, I, <laughs> I, it's a really cool tool you can use to both record your screen, yourself, 
Uh, I don't know what else it records, but it's really good for making tutorials. They have a nice interface and a great plugin. I use LastPass. It is built by LogMeIn. Therefore, I use LastPass. And that's about it. So I use some of the dev tools for like React and I used to use the Redux ones, but no mo, no mo. What about you, Kelly? Um, So my browser of choice is Chrome, whatever the current version is. I have no idea what the version is right now, and it doesn't matter because I'll eventually update when I decide to shut things down at some point. Um, but it, I also occasionally use Safari and Firefox when I think something is going wrong in Chrome um, or my battery is about to die. And I'm like, I should use something that's less resource intensive. Um, I use Loom almost on a daily basis. I absolutely love it. Uh, I use, as far as other extensions go... I also use LastPass. I probably pay for the premium, whereas Emma does not because she probably gets it as like a company perk or something. Um, built with lets you see what websites were built with. It's pretty clearly named. Um, super useful when you're trying to figure out when you're doing a migration for a client over to Shopify and you want to know what uh, things they currently have installed. Um SEO meta is like a one-click button to see their meta title and description and see their, their headings that they're using. You get all the open graph data. Um, super handy for testing uh, all that information. Uh, and then I have UJS dev tools, React dev developer tools. Um, and then my my last one that I feel like I should mention is called BlockSite because I love to, out of habit, open up Twitter and open up LinkedIn and open up Facebook like one right after another. So I have like a, a, a toggle on block site to automatically block those sites. And it's like when you try to access it, it shows like a picture of like a grandma not like wagging her finger at you and just is like, no way, Jose. <laughs> um, it's really great. I love it. It's super useful for <laughs> keeping me on track a little bit. That's amazing. I also use Chrome. Unlike Emma, though, I'm like very obsessive with bookmark organization. <laughs> One Unlike Emma, I don't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my hot tip though for this is that you can remove the names from whatever you have as your bookmark. And so my like bar at the top with my bookmarks has just the logos without any words and it looks very clean and polished and I like it. Um, but I also have like a complex folder system for my bookmarks. Of course I'm you the do. the most type A person you'll ever meet. Um, what, what else? Uh, okay. So as far as extensions go, I have Grammarly so that it makes sure that I'm like spelling things properly and using good grammar. Um, I use Keywords Everywhere, which is an amazing extension that identifies um, keywords for SEO, uh, for blog posts, and like it's really good for brainstorming ideas for what to write about. That being said, I think that you have to pay for it a little bit now, but it's like super cheap compared to Ahrefs or any other SEO tool. I also use Mangles for SEO, which is my paid tool um, for, again, identifying things for uh, blog posts. And then I also use the React and Vue dev tools like Kelly, so I don't need to rehash those, but they're amazing. Um, two other ones that I want to talk about. First is better TweetDeck. I use TweetDeck for Twitter just because it allows for like a more customized experience and WebSockets are amazing. Better TweetDeck has a bunch of extensions on top of that, so you can directly add GIFs within TweetDeck, and it has a couple other things that are really great tools for making uh, TweetDeck a better experience. My other one is that, did you all know that you can add text editor themes to your uh, dev tools in no. Chrome? I saw that on your list and I'm like, what? It, what is this? Yeah. So it's like an experimental feature in Chrome that you can now add a text editor theme to your Chrome dev tools. So Dracula is the theme that I use everywhere. And so my uh, Chrome dev tools have Dracula theme on them and it looks really cool. I'll send the Twitter thread that I made on how to do it. Um, I'll put that in the show notes, but you can set it up. Looks really pretty. Love it. I lost my notes. Okay, cool. Let's talk about, sorry, I was taking a screenshot of Emma and her cat just like rubbing against her face and it's the cutest thing ever. So that will, we'll post that in the show notes as well. <laughs> Let's talk about text editors. Um, Emma, what do you like to use? 
I feel like I get bored really easily and I feel like I've tried every text editor out there. So currently I'm using IA Writer for tech documentation and blogging. It's really good because you can create folders um, and it obviously works really well with Markdown, but I find it removes kind of the noise of a traditional word editor for anything not tech documentation necessarily. Like I was using Notion previously for that using IA Writer now. Um, I do use Notion for like vacation planning, collaborating on documents with people and all those kinds of things. Um, both Notion and IA Writer are paid. I think for IA Writer, I probably paid about 20, 25 euro, 30 euro. Uh, Notion might've been a little bit more expensive. I'm on the pro account. They do have a free version as well. Um, I've also used Evernote, which I did like. Evernote and Bear are two that are good. I would say Bear is better. Uh, the interface is a lot sleeker. It also uses Markdown. Um, so I would say I, I gravitate towards Markdown editors. So I just find them to be the nicest. What about y'all? That's cool. I use Evernote pretty regularly for for notes on um, on work stuff, like my interview questions and you know, uh, the things we just discussed in the other episode we just recorded that you don't know about. Um, I use Google Docs a lot. We use Google Docs internally for the company for recording our call notes and just making sure everything is in there. Um, and I also use the the Mac built-in notes app a ton because it's super easy for me on a call to just like quickly pull that up and just take my notes that I need to take. And then I can move them elsewhere or inevitably forget that I ever took those notes and one day rediscover them. Yeah, I obsessively use Google Drive and Google Docs. Again, it's like obsessively organized and I have different folders for everything. Um, I also use the Mac Notes app because then it syncs across your phone and your computer. And I really enjoy that and use it for freeform things. But I also really like Google Keep as well, which um, even I is even more totally freeform. About Keep. Yeah. And I haven't figured out a good workflow of when I should use Mac Notes and when I should use Keep. And I, I should really just stick to one of the two because they're, they have very similar purposes, but I need to figure out that workflow a little bit better um, because right now I'm using them both kind of interchangeably and so things are in different places. Um, But I pretty much use VS Code, which is my text editor for code for everything and Markdown related and writing blog posts and all that. Um, Emma, tell me about the code editor you use because mine is exactly the same and I don't feel like talking right now. Yes, I do. I'm talking right now. Okay, so I use notepad plus plus for doing all of my proprietary work um that was a joke i, oh, I switched I, between notepad plus plus and microsoft front page but sometimes also eclipse for my javascript development <laughs> that would be ridiculous i use uh pie chart what is it pie chart pie, pie, pie note pie uh what jupiter notebooks i write all of my html and <laughs> jupiter notebooks <laughs> um, okay, I'm sassy. So yeah, I, I've i done a lot of different code editors. I've worked with Adam. I've worked with Sublime. VS Code is by far my favorite. I find it to be the prettiest, but it also it has like, it has enough integrations and capabilities without being an Eclipse level IDE. I don't think it's technically an IDE integrated development environment, if I'm not mistaken. Like Eclipse is an example of an integrated development environment. I don't think VS Code is on that level, but it's... I would call it an IDE anyway. It's like the framework library discussion. Um, so I use VS Code. My theme is Dracula, like Ali, although I have used Night Owl by Sarah Drasner as well. You can easily make your own VS Code theme if you didn't know that. It's pretty easy to customize, and there are some blog posts on it as well. Um, and then in terms of fonts, I use Dink Mono. I paid for it. I think it was like 20 British pounds. Like 40, oh, I was going to say it's like 40 bucks or 30 bucks. Yeah, something it's, like that. It's not but terrible, but I love it. I love it for the italic fonts and for the ligatures. The ligatures are when you have two characters next to each other. Like when you write an arrow, it's an equal sign and then a greater than symbol. And the ligatures actually put them into like one symbol, which is nice. Um, but if you're looking for a free version, Fura Code is always a good option. Um, we'll talk about plugins after or should we go like do you want to talk about ide plugins now or after we discuss our general uh yeah i also have used so many different text editors over the years but adam especially i had so many performance issues so vs code is such an improvement there love it um as far as theme i also use dracula for the most part but i switch between dracula and fairy floss fairy floss is like this amazing purple pink and yellow one um for me i do a lot of code on projectors and so finding the right text editor theme to work on like different projector lighting is a big part of my strategy so recently i've been using dracula but in the past i've used mostly 
obviously fairy floss. So those are the two I want to give a shout out for. I just realized I'm not using Dracula. I'm using Dracula at night. Oh, I wonder if that's different. It is a fork from Dracula. Okay. So apparently it's it's probably ever so slightly different. Um, also, I've used a lot of different text editors and IDs over my <gasps> Dracula at night two is and a half pretty. months. Isn't it pretty? Yeah. Um, I've also, I, really like I want to shout out Pink Cat Boo. <laughs> Sounds like I'm making that up. It's, I'm not. It's really cool. I used to use it all the time. Pink Cat, cat Boo. Uh, we'll link it again in the show notes. But it's basically like a dark blue purpley background with like a lot of pink and purple fonts. My cat is eating I my really crappy Ikea dust chair that's covered in yogurt. Um, so if you hear additional noises, that's what that is. Yeah, I like Pink Cat Boo a lot. And I got a lot of questions about it when I was using it. So. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the plugins or extensions or whatever they're called extensions. Yes. Um, so I first off use sublime text key mapping because I went, I moved from sublime over to VS code and I did not want to relearn any kind of key maps. So I just copy over what I knew how to do already on sublime, um, which has made things, made my life a lot easier. Um, I, so on our on our notes, Emma added hers, and then I just like put my initials next to the same ones that I use. So I'm just going to steal our thunder here. Um, I use ESLens in Prettier and GitLens in Live Server and Live Share. Um, I use Peacock uh, to color code my open windows, which is a super cool one. And I use Liquid, which is for Shopify liquid formatting. All right, Emma. Allie is still adding hers. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So one that I found from a coworker, Khalil, he had material icons in his file explorer. All his icons were really pretty. I'm like, oh, what is that? He goes, oh, it's material icon theme. So I use that. Um, I also use bracket pair colorizer. So when you have a lot of nested brackets, which we shouldn't because like don't nest absurd lo- layers of code. But when you do, um, bracket Limit pair colorizer. layers. Nine? I'm the what? queen of performance. Okay. Well, whatever. Go on. Uh, what? I don't know what just happened. But um, <laughs> bracket pair colorizer will like color uh, code your brackets so you kind of know what is, goes with what. Um, I also use the React Redux React Native JavaScript snippets. Um, I got this one from Scott uh, from Level Up Tutorials. He was using this during his React Spring course. And it. Yeah, you can type in shorthand. Like, I think he was typing in RFAC for React Functional Arrow Component, and you hit tab, and it it will actually take your file name, and it'll propagate that into your your like your stateless functional component name, which is really cool. Um, and actually, creating these shorthands, you it's really easy to do once you know how to. Um, but they do have plugins for it. So that's one. Oh, the last one that I have is Lorem Ipsum Generator. So if you're creating mockups for things or just random HTML, uh, this you can just type Lorem uh, and you can do like an asterisk, uh, like a star and say like five and it'll multiply it by five and it'll just add like random text in there for you. Are there different versions of that? Like, is there like a yeah. hipster Ipsum Generator built in? Yeah, and but like I don't know if Ipsum? they have VS Code plugins though. Okay. Well, yeah, I know that like the actual generators exist, but I would love to have something built into VS Code. So maybe my first extension will be a cat Ipsum. Amazing. I just t- use the one that's generator. built into Emmet. You can just do like Ipsum and without an extension, oh. it fills it in for you. Also, Emmet is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I know it's built into VS Code, so it's not really a plugin. But for me, Emmet is like my ride or die thing that I cannot write code without, especially in front of people. It's so hard to get all your brackets right and all that. So Emmet's my everything. Um, another thing that I want to put in a plug for is autosave. So I use a lot of the same plugins that you all use, and I won't reiterate on those. But um, autosave, you can make it so that VS Code, instead of doing command S to save, it just saves whenever you pause typing. And for me, typing in front of people um, so often, it's so helpful. So I don't need to remember to save. And especially like new programmers, they always forget to save things. So I always make them do autosave. I also have a code spell checker. I think that that's really important. It helps pick out typos in your code, but also I write my blog posts in VS Code, and so it's really helpful for that. I like piece them into Grammarly afterwards to make sure that the grammar's good. Um, 
I also do import costs, which is a JavaScript library that checks to see um, the size of different JavaScript libraries that you're importing, and so the performance cost of adding them in. Um, I also have HTML hint, which is a HTML validator, uh, Git lens, which allows you to do some like nice Git blame things and such. It just like extends the VS Code. Um, functionality for git and then uh i have a code runner that allows you to press like a play button and run your code directly without opening up the command line or anything like that i don't use that that often but it's helpful if i'm doing like really beginner level workshops um because they don't then i don't need to touch the command line necessarily um and then my last thing is then snippets as well i have them for a couple different um languages that i use but again like emma like typing three letters to create a React component is much easier than typing it all from scratch. So that's what I use. Awesome. So I love snippets. I, to be honest, though, I generally will handwrite mine just so I get into this, like, to make sure I don't lose it, right? Like, I don't want to rely on shortcuts and forget how to actually type these things out, especially if I live code, which I do a lot at conferences. I, I want to be able to have that muscle memory. So, um Let's uh let's talk about CLIs because they kind of tie in with code editors and then we'll switch back to something a little bit lighter uh in terms of tools. Um Allie, do you I'm gonna send it back to you. Let's start with your CLI because you wrote a great blog post about how you set up your CLI. Thank you. So I use iTerm. I am a, a huge iTerm proponent, um, especially the multiple um, like windows that you can have and the panes that that is my favorite feature of it. Um, and then I also have the colors customized and all of that. Um, I also on top of that use Z shell. Z shell is my absolute favorite. I've been using it for ever. Um, and it is just such an amazing tool. Oh, my ZSH as well cannot recommend that enough for having pretty themes. Also, there's a bunch of aliases built in. I'm super reliant on aliases. And so some of them I will write myself, but having those built in is really, really nice as well. Um, I'm What's gonna, an alias? Oh, yeah. An alias is where you can type in an alternate version of a command or like a shorter version of a command so that instead of having to type out like git commit whatever, you can do GC instead, and that will yeah. uh, commit your code. I even have a bash function for doing add, commit, push all at once, which is like probably bad, but for personal projects, it makes it so fast. I can just do ACP and it'll do like a get add all, <laughs> get commit, and get push. So that's my cheat I command. have one for uh, for RMRF to just be yeet. Y-E-E-T, yeet. <laughs> I love that. Um, there's also a way that you can do it so that RMRF actually just moves things to your trash bin, which I almost used to set up for for students, but I safety yeah yeah I did not because it's a good lesson to learn. But I think that that's the bulk of my setup. I use Spaceship too. That's my like prompt. So to be honest, like I either use like the built-in Mac terminal because I'm boring. I don't feel like taking the time to set up iTerm. Like I had set up iTerm. I followed Ali's tutorial and then I got a different computer and I was like too lazy to set it up. Um, I also use Hyper. Uh, I liked Hyper a lot. Um, but in general, like I'll just use the VS Code built-in terminal or the built-in CLI. Like that's all I use. It's nothing fancy. I'm not. I wish my, uh, like Sarah Drosner was saying it, uh, that she has a terminal that literally sparkles when she types. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. But honestly, <laughs> I haven't made the time yet. I love that. Yeah, that would drive cool. me crazy. I use Hyper um, and I use the VS Code CLI. I, I love Hyper. I think it's pretty. Um, I I use it a lot to, well, just it doesn't really matter what I use it for. I use it for things. <laughs> I Nice. Also, as a note, have VS Code set up to point to iTerm so that my built-in one in VS Code is iTerm. So that's something that you can do. Not super hard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I do like code and then dot to open up whatever folder I'm currently viewing in VS Code. Awesome. Let's talk about a couple more things before we switch into the fun questions. So what do y'all use for presentations? Uh, I, I'm i going to ask you a question and I'm going to answer it myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am, again, I like to switch tools a lot. 
So I use slides.com. I have a pro account with them, but to be honest, it is kind of a pain in the ass to customize. And sometimes I do wish that they had pre-configured templates because sometimes I just don't want to make it on my own. I have used Google Slides, but not super crazy about it, to be honest. I don't find that they load my GIFs or anything like that. Like I was doing a talk about animation and I had GIFs illustrating these micro interactions and they just weren't loading. So I abandoned that. Um, I used Canva a lot, but to be honest, while they do have a lot of beautiful content, um, it's really unreliable, not going to lie. I've had a lot of issues with them. And when you're presenting at large conferences, that's terrifying. Like it wasn't letting me download my slides and I don't want to just rely on internet connection. Uh, I also had many issues where my images weren't showing up with them. So I use Canva, but I'm very weary of them. Um, and then just the last thing is Dexet. Dexet, I believe, is also paid. It could be mistaken. But uh, basically, if you're the kind of person that spends way too long designing your slides and you just want to focus on the content, like Dexet's for you. I should be using it more. And I think it just uses a markdown file, which is also really nice. Uh, Kelly, what about you? So I guess it's important to note that I don't really do conference talks anymore. Um, mainly, if I'm going to do something that's going to be Shopify related, and I don't need anything super, super fancy. Um, I use Google Slides for everything. I use it for our pitch decks as well. Um, so again, I'm not looking for any anything super high tech. I'm not putting, you know, GIFs and stuff in there. So it works. It does exactly what I need it to do. So for me, I used to have this custom framework that I built on top of ImpressJS with web components. Um, it was really, really fancy and looked incredible. It used all my personal branding and all that. But Chrome just changed their uh, version of like, web components and so it completely broke but that being said this year I started using Google Slides because it's so much quicker to get a slide deck up and running and honestly it looks pretty good as well so um, sometimes I will write the JavaScript in HTML and CSS myself sometimes I'll just use Google Slides depends on how custom I want to get cool how about desktop stuff what do y'all have on your desktops Way too much garbage. <laughs> That's my answer. Just like my dirty desk. I am a terrible human. Um, one of the coolest apps I found is a translation software. Uh, DeepL is one that I've been using a very long time because it doesn't literally translate things. It actually looks at the semantics of what you're trying to say and it will accurately translate it, which is very nice because sometimes Google Translate does not account for different translations. Um, so like an example would be in English, we would say like, can you take a photo in French? And I believe in German, you would say, can you make a photo? So if you're translating it literally, it doesn't make sense. So this software is really nice. And if you highlight text on like a web page, for example, and you hit command C twice, it'll auto translate it for you, which is very nice. Um, Sketch I use for designing. Caliber, this is an interesting one. It's not the nicest UI, but it does the job. And I use that to keep track of all my PDFs and eBooks. Um, so that's a good one. And then lastly, I use abstract for like source management for my sketch file. So it's kind of like a GitHub for code, but it's just for design. Uh, Kelly, what about you? I use sketch. I use Zeppelin. Um, I don't think I use much else. I use Slack and I use Zoom. Um, that's about it. Uh, uh, no, everything else is uh, folders of and things on my desktop that I forget to move. I actually have a folder on my desktop called desktop where eventually everything gets too overwhelmed and I just move everything into that desktop folder. I have no idea what's in there anymore. Uh, amazing. Um, I have Sketch as well. Super dependent on Sketch. It's amazing. Uh, I also am incredibly dependent on Spectacle, which is for like window snapping and you can use... Uh, hotkeys to move your windows around. It's no longer maintained. So there are some alternates that people keep recommending to me every time I say I use Spectacle because that's how the internet is. Um, but Spectacle still works perfectly fine for me. Um, but I guess that you should use something that's maintained if you're downloading it now. No, I use it too. And to be honest, it kind of bothered me that people like destroyed me when I was like, when Dan Abramov tweeted, was like, what do you all use for like Windows snapping? I was like, spectacle. And they were like, well, actually it's not maintained. And I'm like, it still works. Every like, time. It still yeah. works. It's free. It's simple. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Exactly. But there are different alternatives to it that are still maintained. But the idea of it, the idea of moving around Windows with your keys is like everything. Um, 
it works really poorly with Zoom, though. There's, like, a bug. So if you use Zoom as well, I have it disabled for Zoom. Okay. Um, Zoom I use every day, um, pretty much all day, because I teach via Zoom, or I did in my last job. I'm teaching in person now. So um, there's that. And then uh, Slack, super dependent on Slack for communication. And then another one is self-control, which allows you to block different websites. Um, Sometimes I do this for places that just breed negativity, like uh, Reddit. Like, I don't want to go on to Reddit sometimes, and so I'll just completely block that domain on my computer and I can't access it. Um, But you can also set it for certain times. So if I don't want to check Twitter or my email or something like that for a while, then I'll use self-control with a timer and, um, like, maybe Pomodoro-ish it. Awesome. Those are kind of some productivity tools, which we also have lists of. Um, I... So yeah, I use Spectacle app just like Allie. Um, another tool that I use all the time is Lightshot Screenshot. It's for creating annotated screenshots. It's really, really great. Um, I, despite my hatred of this company's business model, still use Fantastical too because their migration to the second version was an absolute shit show. I vehemently disagree with how they've done that, but I haven't migrated to a different app yet. Um, the long story of that is like, I had paid for the app because it was an expensive-ass application. It was like $50, and I paid for it on two separate computers on my phone. It was probably over $100. And um, then they went and did Fantastical 2 where they basically were giving all that functionality for free but then would make their current pro, the people who had paid for it, have to pay for a subscription model monthly to get, like, the quote-unquote, like, pro features. It was really poorly done. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it anymore, but I still use it cause I'm lazy. Um, things I use all the time, things I use as like a note taking application, um, not note taking, I'm sorry, but like to keep track of, I use it in lieu of like the reminders app. I really like them. It's also paid. Um, and then I use spark for email. I have like 12 emails. Don't even ask me why, but they all aggregate into spark. Uh, really like spark. I think it's also paid, but it is excellent and it is not that expensive. So those are mine. Kelly, what about you? So the first one that I use most, probably more than anything else, is called Kiwi for Gmail. Um, It's my email client. I have four different Gmail accounts connected to it. It's basically like Gmail in the browser, but in its own app. That's that's literally all it is. Um, But it's super convenient to kind of have everything in under that one roof with the four different emails. Um, And I use Boomerang within that as well for uh, checking to see if people haven't responded to my emails or scheduling them or whatever. Um, I use Todoist for tasks. I use it for both work-related stuff. I use it for shopping lists. I use it for packing lists. Super super handy Um, for window snapping. I use Window Tidy. Uh, it's free, I think. I think it's been free for a long time. I hope it's free and hope I'm not lying. And then lastly, the built-in Do Not Disturb on macOS I use a lot. I use it right now, actually, um, because we are recording this podcast. I definitely use that as well. Super important, especially when teaching so my like texts don't pop up. Um I use TickTick for to-do lists. I really like it. It has, like, all the features you could ever want. It also has some, like, gamification where it'll show you charts of how productive you are and stuff like that. Um, I use Done for habit tracking. So throwback to our Atomic Habits uh, book club. Definitely go check out that episode. But uh, it really inspired me to start using done to track new habits. Um, I use keep as a to-do list system or as a like shopping list and all that. I use Google keep for that. And then I just use out of the box Gmail and Gcal. I was a huge Google inbox user for years and years and years, but uh, RIP, really sad still about that, even though it's been like years at this point, right, since it stopped working. But I was a really big fan of it, and it's really sad. Um, But I I should try to go back to finding some system that works really well for me. But for now, I've tried a bunch of different ones and just haven't liked them. So I'm back to just out-of-the-box Gmail and Gcal for uh, calendar and mail. Awesome. Let's do lightning round. Let's do some fun questions to kind of wrap things up. So I'm just going to do rapid fire. We're going to go. Beverage of choice. Coffee. That's not alcoholic. Coffee as well. 
I also do coffee. I switch in between cold brew with oat milk and Dunkin' iced coffee with skim milk and caramel swirl, which wow. is like my treat. I drink black coffee. I'm really boring. I don't like hot drinks. I don't know why. It's just like a weird thing. So I only do iced coffee like no matter the time. I don't like cold foods. So I'm I'm with you. Like the temperature yeah. thing is weird. Anyway, uh, go to like playlist or type of music that you go to if you're coding. Uh, I have a playlist on Spotify called Beats to Think To, which is really good because there are no words, so I can't get distracted. Yeah, I listen to a lot of uh, instrumental music on Google Play Music, or if I'm not really having to concentrate too much, I have like my most recently played albums at the top, and I just keep on flipping through those, so I never actually listen to anything else. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily listen to a lot of music when I code, but my go-to playlist is Tens Hip Hop. I use Google Play Music, which is um, untraditional. (laughs) I think everybody else uses uh, Spotify, but I really like it because you get free YouTube prime or youtube red with it so you get it's like the same price as spotify and you get both google play and that so i don't know just a little plug there but yeah 10s hip-hop so it's all hip-hop from 2010s a big fan awesome what are your desktops currently mine's the like the default catalina background the wallpaper (laughs) i don't change my desktop (laughs) Mine is this really cute piece of artwork that says, let's get going. And it's got some like flowers and stuff. It's pink. Very cute. That's cute. I just typically choose like nature or something with like either water or like plants, something bright, brightly colored. Um, preferred number of monitors. I usually, I have two external monitors at work, but to be honest, I just like working off my MacBook sometimes. Like most of the time I'll just like not even use them. So <laughs> I use one. I I used to use two at home. There's two 21-inch monitors, and I switched to the single 27-inch monitor, and I love it. Yeah, I use both the built-in Mac one and then also my Acer, and that's the perfect number for me. The Acer one's really big, so um, I can get a lot on there, but too much, and it's just overwhelming. Most used emoji. I just popped it up, and mine's the red heart. The ladybug, and then the woman technologist, the like girl with the computer. Oh, I use those a lot too, obviously, because <laughs> that's all my tweets. But um, in, in regards to non tweets, I love the squatting monkey and I love the upside down yeah, smiley face. Yeah, I use the upside down smiley face a lot. I use the grimacing face a lot. Um, and the <laughs> dancing, like the, the dancing woman, I use a lot as well. Okay, now I'm looking at my. In what phone context though? Because. That's going to be different, like texting my friends versus tweeting, which I do on my desktop usually. And so I have like the sobbing emoji, so really positive. (laughs) And then I use the skull emoji all the time for like dying laughing. (laughs) That's something that I do a lot. So the skull. Yeah. I have that. I also use the submissive girl one where she's like (laughs) with the lines coming out of her head. Okay. Is that literally what it's called? It's like shame. She's like ashamed. No, I don't know, but like, that's a submissive like, girl sounds pretty <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about but that. But like, you know, the one of the girl like crouching down, looking like, oh god, I just royally <laughs> fucked up, and like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't. I have Actually. no idea, but it's okay. Wait, I have to hold on. Wait, no, I need to look up on Slack what it's called so that you don't think that I'm an absolute idiot. Um, pause for effect, please. Do, 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 like the okay, it's called woman bowing. <laughs> <laughs> the same okay. thing, right? That's different, but the same. Okay, we'll go with it. Uh, most used meme. I love the woman yelling at cat meme, but if I had to say my most used, it's definitely the everything is fine. That's mine. This which is fine. I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep, yeah, agreed. <laughs> really goes to show the state of work when we're all using the <laughs> this is fine meme most. Um. Oh, here's one that's not actually on the list. Do you have a favorite GIF? Floating dumpster fire. That's mine. I've not even seen that, but it sounds like it'd be up my alley. Um, no, there's this one of this little girl, and she's like faced away from the camera, and then she whips her head around. She's a microphone, and she just like looks at the camera all weird. <laughs> I also love the bear waving. The yeah. hello, that's the one I always use. Also, also the whale hello there. Um, 
I love the birthday one with the girl that's super, super excited. And she's like, yeah, and just like goes crazy. Um, That's a really good one. I also love the dog licking the lime and then hopping around. It's super cute. I'm sending you guys the link to this GIF. Maybe we should put it in the show notes too, because like me explaining it totally didn't do it justice. Oh, That's the one I'm talking about. Oh. The disco girl with the microphone, (laughs) but hair flipping. Not what I expected. Anyway, um, what else? What about most visited websites? Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so developer too. Documentation. <laughs> I'm uh, trying Reddit. to even think of where else. I read Tales from Retail and Tales from Tech Support almost every single day. I don't do Reddit, but I do the um, Twitter accounts that repost the Reddit stuff, like Reddit chips and the am i the asshole am Twitter? i the asshole oh my goodness they <laughs> they kill me they're so funny but i i don't like reddit um and then what else do i visit youtube i like to have youtube videos on in the background yeah. so that's a big one that's like a total produ- productivity suck though i should get better about that shopify partners i visit a lot because i have to access stores surprise um, fresh books because I use that for invoicing and time tracking for my clients. Um, Gusto because I have to pay my employees. Oh. Those are my most visited ones. GitHub. GitHub Enterprise, especially for me. Oh, GitHub. Yeah. Yeah. What is GitHub? I actually had a stress uh, dream last <laughs> night. Like, I'm not kidding. This is 100% not joking. Had a stress dream last night that I could not log into GitHub and I like could not access anything on it. And it was horrifying i kept waking up like terrified about it (laughs) not good i think that's it for a lightning round um any final closing thoughts about our just setups and the things that we discussed in this episode because it's turned into a long episode i just think it's interesting that we all use the same kinds of tools but different tools similar but different yeah, like we all use like to-do apps, but we all use different ones. Yeah, especially for productivity. I feel like our developer tools are like relatively similar to some extent, but then the productivity is really where we diverge. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope you enjoyed this and let us know what your setup looks like or how dirty your desk is. Uh, post photos, tweet them at us. Uh, <laughs> if you like this episode, just let us know, you know? We, we like to hear from you. Uh, and we choose one tweeter every week to give away a Smashing Magazine book, which is awesome. We've got one on design systems, one that just encompasses a bunch of miscellaneous short novellas about web development, uh, one about ethics and privacy. So tweet about it, and we are going to pick one each week to give away a book to. And leave us a review as well, because those really help us out. They let us know that we're making the content that you like to hear. And with that, we'll see you next week. Adios.